Good evening. Before I start, I'll tell you I left home early thinking it was later, focusing more on the lesson, I guess, than, than paying attention to the storm and the time and everything else, too. And uh, got here, and my wife texted me and said, why did you take the car instead of the truck? We have a truck just for weather like this and, and other things, and Again, my head wasn't with me. My father used to say, "If your head," uh, he says, "It's a good thing your head is fastened to you. You leave it behind too." Some of y'all are with that too. Uh, but not only that, I forgot my lesson. <laughs> I left, left my lesson at home. But I was here early enough. I had my daughter just uh, take a picture of it and, and text it to me, so I'll be reading uh, some parts of that off of my phone. And so I ask you to bear with me. It is good to be here tonight, and I want to thank the elders for allowing me this opportunity to speak to you today. Tonight was my time to do evening services, and Ben stepped in and, and took it, and I'm so glad he did. He did a great job. He was a little nervous about it. He said earlier, but you did a great job, Ben. Um, I told him we'll be nervous together uh, because I, I do get to preach up there at Eagle River, but you know how it is when you come home. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just, you know, you want to you wanna do a good job. But I have to, I, I'm always reminded of the past of Scripture that says I'll do it with the ability that God gives me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the lesson tonight. It is, um, the lesson tonight will be on what, what does it mean to confess? What does it mean to confess? And I'm, I'm reminded of, a sto- of the story of, of Vietnam when... Uh, Soldiers and airmen and, and, and soldiers, uh, sailors all went to war in the Vietnam era, and, and, and a few bad seeds did some very bad things, and press picked up on it. And when they did, uh, the military looked very sour to, to many American people, uh, so much to the point that people didn't want to claim that they were military or connected to military. In fact, I remember a general once telling me he remembered being a young airman. And he said when he got to the airport, just because he was military and he was in uniform at that time, they had him go back in the back room and they strip searched him. And they did that to him at that time. Here some many years later, he said he sees airmen getting off the plane and there are crowds of people giving them phones, telling them to go home, and call their family and call things like that. So a big, big difference. But during that time of Vietnam, no one wanted to claim to be a military member. I bring that up because I want us to be aware that sometimes, you know, as we're in this spiritual battle, because of a few bad seeds, we can sometimes tend to look or get a bad name as religious people. And I want to encourage us tonight to keep the faith in the sense of examining the question, what does it mean to confess? In Romans, we see in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, it says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the, confession, uh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But I am convinced that confession means more than, a, than a, a statement made from my mouth. It has a lot more to do with that, and we're going to get into that here shortly. And I just hope this lesson encourages you. If you turn to Matthew chapter 10, in Matthew chapter 10, We're going to start reading at about verse 27. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying to the apostles and what he says to us today. In verse 27, he says, Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. 
and not to, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls from the ground apart from your father's will. Verse 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many of them. In verse 32, he goes on to say this, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I also will confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever, but whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If you will now turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Focusing on verse 8. But we're going to start a little bit before that. We're going to start at verse 4. Luke chapter 8 and verse 4. Verse 4 starts off saying, And I say to you, my friend, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more than they can do. There's no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after, has, after he has killed his power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is, is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are, number, are all numbered. Do not fear. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Then verse 8 says, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, uh, him the son, uh, I'm sorry, before, before men, him the son of man also will confess before the angels of God. I am convinced that, that when God confesses, that, that when, when he confesses us before his father, before, when he confesses us before the angels of God, he is going to confess truly that we are his children. Wiping all sins and mistakes that we have made in the past away, and, and giving full recognition to who we are, that we can stand before God, white, pure, and a pure, pure as snow. That is a wonderful thing, but it tells me this, that confession can't be a simple thing for us in the sense of it is just a verbal statement from our mouth. It is just the going down into the water, your grave, or baptism, and then continuing on with life as usual. It means much more than that. Let's look at some other passages of scripture that I'll read to you on what it says about confession. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from our un unrighteousness. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 6 says this, Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Acts chapter 19 verse 18 says this, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 1 verse 5 says this, uh, The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And Timothy is encouraged in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12, is uh, to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Verse 13, in the sight of God who gives life to everything and Christ, 
sorry, in Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame uh, until the apparent appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you tonight, brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you tonight, those in the world, to understand that there's a there, there's there's power, so much power in that in, in in confessing Jesus. But it's more than just the 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 the, the words that we say, for which would be just a lip service to God if that's all we did. Our confession has to be an expression of our faith. It has to be a lifestyle that we live. I say this because I too still struggle with those things when I go into my job and, and I sit before uh, many people. You, 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 those of you who are military or were military understand that some of us uh, we, uh, grew up in an environment, a, a, a cursing environment. You know, they love to curse. They love to do other things. They love to do this and that. And we know those things are wrong. But confessing Jesus in my life means that I'm going to stand firm. We are going to stand firm to the truth of God's word. If God is going to, as he said, uh, in, uh, if Jesus is going to, as he said in Matthew and also in Luke, and he speaks of it in Revelation, if he's going to confess me before his father, I guarantee you it's going to be from a diligent effort on my part of, of, stri- of striving to do what is right. Does it mean that I won't fall? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, I want to I refer you to the uh, passive scripture. When, it, when Peter was told by Jesus, you're going to deny me three times. I want to refer you to this because I want you to understand that Jesus knew he was going to fall. As he knows that we will fall. But I, what I love about it is that Peter got up and he fixed it. And he carried on with his expression of faith in Christ Jesus and everything that he did. But in those three denials, there was something that, that, that Peter went through. That, I don't know, I've read that a number of times and for some reason this stood out to me. Three things that were there that I think in every fall that we make, we, we encounter the same thing. If you turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 14. In Mark chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus says this to Peter, Assuredly I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke, this is Peter, but he spoke more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, likewise. The apostles said. Do I believe that Peter, in his, in his own mind, was, was sincere? I do. Do I think that Peter meant that he would really go to his death for Christ? I do. So what happened in this situation? I think Satan, as Satan had on him, as he has all of us, a way to sneak around the back and approach us. I think that Peter, in his mind, may have thought, if they ask me, do I believe that that he's Jesus, I'm going to say yes. I will not deny Jesus. What he didn't expect was what happened. And this happens to a lot of us. This is why the Bible teaches us to be on guard, to always be be alert, because Satan, Satan, like a roaring lion, seeks, seeks, prowls around to figure out ways to tempt us, to, to, to weaken us. 
so that we don't stay uh, firm and faithful. Turn over now to verse, uh, the same passage of scripture, but go, go over to 66. 66 says, Peter uh, denies Jesus and weeps. Uh, verse 66 starts, says, Now Peter, now as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter uh, warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. You see, the first denial, Peter denied being around Jesus and those that were like Jesus. You see, in our denial of Jesus, when we don't confess Jesus in our lives, we deny him. We deny being around those and being around Jesus. It goes on to say, and when when they saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also, you were with Jesus of Nazareth, verse 68. But he denied it saying, I never knew nor understand what you are saying. And he went on out on the porch and a rooster crowed. And, he, and the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, this is one of them. Now the second denial, she went from, you, you, you the one, you, you've been around Jesus. I can tell you've been around Jesus. I saw you. And he says, no, it wasn't me. And then the second time she said, you're one of them. Either you're apostle or you're a Christian. I know you. And what does Peter say? Peter says, but he denied it again, it says. And a, and, a, and a little later, those who stood by said to Peter, surely you are one of them. For you are Galilean and you speak and you, your speech shows it. In some passage of scripture it says, your speech betrays you. Uh, goes on then says then Peter then he began to curse and swear I do not know this man whom you speak a second time the rooster crowed then Peter called to mind the words of Jesus had uh, the words that Jesus had said to him before the rooster crows twice you will deny me three times and when he had thought about it he wept the third time Peter decided to step out of character because he was determined not to be pulled in that situation. You have to remember this was during a time, too, of persecution of Christians. They were already persecuting Christ. I don't know what Peter was thinking when he decided to follow Jesus because the rest of them ran. But he, I, I, I want to believe in my mind that he thought when Jesus steps out with his power, man, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready to confess him. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong, right? And he's watching this go on, and Peter I mean, and Jesus, like a lamb, led to the slaughter, saying nothing. And Peter is astonished. And he's caught off guard because someone comes up to him and says, Hey, you were with them. And he's scared. And he says, No, that's not me. And a little later she says, No, no, I know, you're one of them. And he says, No, that's not me. And then they say, Your speech betrays you. You know, Satan has a way of studying us and knowing how we are. We hear earlier in the past of scripture, Jesus even told Peter, you know, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. And, and, and he says, but when you are restored, he says, go back and, and, and restore your brothers. But Peter wasn't ready. And, and believe it or not, a lot of us face that same challenge. The question is, what does it mean to confess? What does it mean to confess to you? We've all 
or most of us here, have come to the water grave of baptism, have confessed Jesus Christ as Son of God. But in our daily lives, Satan has a way of sneaking up on us. He has a way of sneaking up on us at the job, and we find ourselves acting just like folks at the job. He has a way of, of sneaking up on us when we're in those quiet places, when we think nobody's looking, and we, and, we re, and we revert back to our old selves. He has a way of sneaking up on us and coming to us with questions that we didn't expect. Someone once said, if, 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 if Satan would come to us with red, a long tail, and a pitchfork, we, we'd be on it, because we, we'd expect him to come that way. But he doesn't. He comes at us differently. And I want to bring to your attention today that, that, that God has said, Jesus has said, that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. He's telling us that it is so important that when we fall, we get up and fix it and endure and stay spiritually connected until the end. Fight the good fight. Stay faithful. He knows that we're going to be tempted. He knows that things are going to trip us up and try to trip us up. But he says, stay focused. Get back, on, get, get back in the race. You can do this. And he's there for us. You don't hear stories of people looking at Peter strange like, yeah, we know you. You're the one that denied him. No, their brothers came around him and, and of course, loved him. He was still apostle. He still went on to do great works. But he has that to, rem to, to remember for the rest of his life, as do we. We will never forget the times we fall, but hopefully we can look back and say that's something I used to do and not that I continue to do. Some of us are struggling with our sins and have not gotten over some of those things. We're still working through those things. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to keep the faith. I want to encourage you through the statement, what did it mean? What does it mean to confess? I want us to understand that we can't just come to this, this building and say we confess and we show it in, in, in the fact that we come here. Because we know that some of us come here with, with, with wings on and, and, and halos over our head, but we leave with pitchforks. I want to encourage us to straighten that up. I want to encourage us to fight the good fight. Because one thing for sure, death will come. And we will stand before God. And I'm sure all of us want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But you know as well as I know. You can't get something for nothing. You've got to work for it. And I love it that God has given us the choice. And I love it that God has not made it easy because I'm going to tell you, heaven is going to be worth it, folks. It is going to be worth it. The battles that you are dealing with right now will seem like nothing. We'll get to heaven and rejoice and be glad to be there. We just got to get over these temptations that we're dealing with now. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 13 says this. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You see, folks, if you're not confessing Jesus, if you're not confessing Jesus in your life, you're denying him. And in that denial, you're denying being around us, you're denying being one of us, and you're denying the very, the, the, the very expression of faith to Jesus Christ in all that you do. What a heavy weight to carry. Let us not carry that anymore. Let's make it right. See, confession is where we confess our sins one to another. When we are wrong with our brother and sister, let's make it right. When we cheated someone, our coworker, our spouse, our, our, our employee, when we've cheated them and we know that we've cheated them, when we've done something wrong to our brother or sister and we, we can't sleep at night because we know that we need to make it right, let's make it right. 
Let's confess our sins. Let's get back on track with that right confession that we, that, that we, we, we were not only children of God, but we express that in our lives and all that we do. Again, will we fall? Yes, but we get back up. You know, a great uh, a compliment was given to me this past uh, week, and I, I, I'm thankful to God for it. But we got together for our Christmas event at our job, and, and while we're gathered around and everybody had made food and some things to do, we have several chaplains in our building, and they were around singing Christmas carols. And they were going around singing Christmas carols here and there, and, and, and the G1 team got together. And while we're sitting there, everyone sat there and got ready to eat, and they turned and they said, Mr. Timo, would you give the prayer? And I thought, thank you, Lord, I appreciate that. Because my expression of faith said something about the fact that I was a Christian, that I cared. But what do you think? Do you think they would have asked me that question if I was in, in the office cursing? If I was in the office talking some of the things that they talk and do some of the things that they do? Yes, we're not going to be invited to some parties, folks. We're going to be talked about because of a couple of bad seeds. Some people are not going to want to be around us because they label us as Christians. Be glad that you are a child of God. Be glad that you have an expression of faith. Be glad when somebody says your speech betrays you and they're speaking of you as a Christian. Be glad for that. For that is what God is going to say. Well done, my good, thou good and faithful service. That is what Jesus is going to say. This one belongs to me. What a great thing. And when he says this, understand, all of this stuff that we're dealing with, none of it will mean anything. We will be in heaven with God forever. And we will realize that's that battle that I struggled with for so many years, it was worth it to deal with it. It was worth it to get over it. You know, God talks about turning the other cheek, and that's hard. That's hard. Oftentimes when I talk to people from God's word, I tell them, what I'm saying is easier said than it is done. It is. But the reality is, we have got to do it. God tells us to love our enemies. That's hard. But we've got to do it. Why? Because Jesus loved his enemies. I want to encourage you tonight, brothers, to, brothers and sisters, to love God, to remember what it meant to confess. When you made that great confession, when you came to the watery grave of baptism and put Christ on in baptism, your battle, your battle didn't end there. Your battle started. And, and the longer we live, sometimes the harder it gets. And I, and I want to say this to my mature brothers and sisters, what we say our older generation. Don't quit. Y'all have been here longer than we have. And sometimes, I can tell you, because at my age, I feel like quitting sometimes. I, 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 I charge you, as, as, as Timothy was charged, don't quit. The battle, it's worth it. The reward is going to be worth it. And we're looking, we're encouraged by your faith. The Bible tells us that. This is why we come together on Sundays as well. Not just to worship God, but to edify one another. There are so many that are in need of your faithful commitment. If you do not confess Jesus in your life, you deny him. Listen to what Matthew chapter 30, 10 verse 33. Oh, I read that. I'm sorry. Let's go to Revelations. Let's go to Revelations. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. And I'll, the lesson will be yours. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says this. He overcomes 
shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before the angels. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you to think about what does it mean to confess? What does it mean in our lives? Last week or a week before last, the first Sunday, I, I gave a, a lesson called Trust in God. It was from Proverbs. It says, trust in, trust in God with all thy heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall make your path straight. And I started off and I said, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And Brother Ben said, no. I said, thank you, Brother Ben. I said, trust in the Lord with 85% of your heart. He said, no. 95%, no. I said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He said, amen. That is what the scripture says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. And the sad thing about it is we trust in the Lord with some of our heart, but we lean mostly on our understanding. And you know what that does for us? It makes us think that what we're doing is approved by God. And that's not true. We have to trust in God and lean out on our understanding. We have, we have to understand that when things don't go the way we expect them to go, don't do something wrong to try to justify it or rectify it. Trust in him. Trust in him and watch him. You see, our faith grows when we trust God and we see him come through. But when we don't and we take things in our own hand, we never rely on truly trusting in him. And we need to do that. Trust him. When it seems like everybody else is ready to run, stand firm and watch God do his wonderful, wondrous works before you. Brothers and sisters, the lesson is yours. If you have, uh, 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 in a situation where you know you need to make it right, go do that. Go make it right. If you are not a member of the body of Christ and you've been hearing the story of Jesus, and you know you need to make it right, you know the time needs to be right, but, but you just haven't done it, Let's make it right. For we can be called home at any time. We've got a storm brewing outside. God will. We'll all make it home tonight safely. But God's will may be that we may not. And if you are not right with God, let's do that right now. Before it is everlasting and eternally too late. As we sing the song of invitation.